loud. Uh, start off by saying every week I desire your prayers. There's uh, there's nothing better than following the Lord, but there's also, to me, nothing scarier. Uh, especially in this position here, I always, every time I have to get up here, I always worry about getting myself in the way and saying something out of line. I don't want to lead anybody astray. I just want to do what God had me to do and, and do the best I can with it. Uh, the lesson this morning is in John uh, chapter 7. It's verses 14 through 24. I haven't had, I was telling Dad, I haven't, haven't had as much time this week to, to put into studying this lesson as I normally would. Uh, working third shift, this week's been kind of a blur because I come home from work, go to bed, get up and come to church and get, off, get out of church and go to work. And haven't had much time for anything. Uh, but... Uh, Just in case I don't get back to it, I got my notes laying here. And uh, when I first started reading through this lesson, the the first thing I always do is just read the whole lesson. Just uh, go through it. And then I go back and ask God to help me break it down verse by verse or, you know, by by smaller bits of information. But... But when I read through the whole thing, the thing that really stood out to me, I got in big letters across the top of my note page, led by the Spirit. Um, if we're going to do anything, <clears throat> excuse me, if we're going to do anything in this world to glorify God, we've got to do it with, with and by the Spirit. Um, I know people personally that... Uh, They'll go around in public places and hand out pamphlets or, or tell people about God and, and try to get them to recite the Lord's Prayer and uh, different things like that. And it doesn't do anybody any good because they're doing it for themselves. Uh, I don't understand. I don't understand a lot about other religions, and I don't care to. I just know if there's no spirit in it, it doesn't mean much to me. But that's what this lesson, and to me, that's what I got out of this lesson when I read through it. Is the biggest part of what Jesus is trying to tell these people here is you have to move by the spirit and anything else is worthless. But we'll go ahead and start reading. At verse 14. <clears throat> said now about the midst of the feast Jesus went up into the temple and taught and uh, I had to look up this feast and find out what it was all about because in my terminology a feast would be the, the table spread and here's the food all ready to go everybody sit down and eat let's have a feast uh, 
and I couldn't figure out why Jesus would get up right in the middle of all that eating and, and go into the temple to teach. So I did a little research on it, and the Feast of the Tabernacles was seven days long. And they had a service at the beginning of it and a service at the end of it. And everything in between there, um, a lot of the people, it didn't. I didn't see anywhere where all of them did it, but a lot of them <clears throat> took what they needed out of their houses and moved outside of the city and lived in tents to represent the, the, the time that their ancestors had spent living in the wilderness. That's what this feast was all about, was to remember that God brought them out of Egypt. And it lasted for seven days. So about halfway through the week, Jesus came in. Um, if you go back in this, in this scripture a little bit, before they got to the feast, Jesus told his disciples, you, got, you all go ahead on to the feast. I'm not going right now. He said, my time has not yet come. So he come into the feast after it was already uh, in progress, I'll say, is the way I understand it. And uh, when he come in midway through the feast, he went to the tabernacle uh, or the temple and, and taught. In verse 15, it says, And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Uh, I heard somebody preach on this not too long ago. I'm guessing it was probably Mr. Brock. But uh, I looked it up anyway, and letters in this, in this uh, verse is referring to the writings of the law. They called those letters letters. Uh, the letters that the, that the guys in the Old Testament had written to the church or, or for the church, uh, we call them books of the Bible. They called them letters. And uh, that's what they were referring to in this is, how does this man know the Bible? He hadn't never been to rabbi school. Uh, he hadn't never had any teachers teach him. He was from, he was from Nazareth. By trade, he should have been a carpenter, but he knew everything they knew about the Bible, and then some. And they, they were just amazed. How did he know these things? Um, I thought about that, how they marveled. Uh, there was a time when I was 11 years old, and the gospel came by, and I couldn't believe how God knew me. He knew me better than I knew myself. The things that God knows will amaze you. Yeah. He knows all the good and he knows all the bad. Like the preacher was preaching last night, you can't hide stuff from God. Uh, there's nothing that, that I've ever done that God don't know about. And these guys were amazed that he knew the letters if they'd have looked a little bit deeper, they'd have been amazed at how much he knew their hearts. Uh, <clears throat> but they didn't even have to ask him out loud. They just marveled. And Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Uh, and this is, where the, this is where we get into the part of the lesson from here on through where I said it, it, it's it being led by the Spirit. Uh, 
I don't, I don't get up here and teach uh, a whole lot of doctrine anyway. But if I did, I would teach the doctrine that this church has taught me over the years. But there's a reason for that, and it's not because <clears throat> that this church has taught me that over the years. It's not because my dad has been my Sunday school teacher for years. It's not because Terry's a preacher. It's because I've felt the spirit move in what that means. I've learned for myself what God is all about. Uh, the church has always been there to help me along and to show me. Uh, I heard somebody say one time, <clears throat> you just believe what you believe because it's your tradition, because you've been raised up that way, and that's why you believe what you believe. And I told him, I said, well, you're partly right. I believe what I believe because generations of my people have believed that way. I said, but I've also been taught ever since I was little enough to understand it to be led by the Spirit. Let the Spirit guide you. Just because somebody gets up here and says something about the Bible doesn't make it right. I mean, I love this church and I'm, I'm real pleased with everybody that stands up here. Uh, from, from the little kids class all the way up, the teachers are just wonderful. But just because a teacher gets up and says something in this church that I have a lot of confidence in, if it's something that I'm not sure about or that I haven't heard before, I'll go home and search it out. And by search it out, I mean pray about it. Ask God to help me with it. Because I don't know that I'm not going to stand there and say they're wrong just because they said something different that I hadn't heard before. But I'm not going to say they're right until the Spirit tells me it's right. Uh, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. And if God's Spirit moves in something that somebody says, you know that's right. God's revealing that that's absolute. Verse 17 says, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. If I'm doing God's will and living the way God wants me to live, <clears throat> when somebody else stands up and says something in the spirit, I'll feel that spirit. I'll witness to that, to that truth. If any man do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. Uh, I, I've read and, and, and heard it preached on and, and different things. There's a spot in the Bible where it says that, says that God's children can uh, drink poison and not be hurt. They can handle serpents and not be bit. Um, I've come to realize that that's talking about different spirits. Uh, the Bible also says to test the spirits, to see if it's God. Um, at, at my stage in life, um, I could go to a different church somewhere, a different uh, denomination or a different belief, and I believe I have enough confidence in my belief in God and my strength with God that I could listen to a different preacher preach and be able to, in my heart, 
allow God to judge whether or not that's his doctrine or man's doctrine. And it won't hurt me to sit there and listen to it because I can discern the difference through the Spirit of the Lord. But if it's not of God, it's not a place I want to take my children to because I don't want them to be confounded. So if you know of the doctrine, it's because you're doing God's will and you're understanding it through the Spirit. Uh, Part of that, uh, well, we'll go ahead and read verse 18. It says, He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Uh, It said, Did Moses give you the law? Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go ye about to kill me? Uh, as far as I could tell, nobody hadn't said anything outright about killing Jesus at that point. But he already knew where, what they were planning in secret. That's why he took his time getting to the feast in the first place. <clears throat> Everything... Everything with God is done for a reason, and there's a reason there, that it's done on a schedule. Uh, there was a there's a lot of places, and and a lot of the one that sticks out to me is Lazarus. When Jesus came down to where Lazarus was in the tomb, his sister said, "If you'd have been here on time." My brother would not be dead. Jesus has never been anywhere without being on time. He's always on time. Might not be my time, but he's always on time. Uh, and just like with Lazarus, she said, if he'd have been here on time, he'd have not been dead. And Jesus rose him up from the grave, brought him out of there. He wasn't dead anymore. So how was Jesus not on time? Everything he's done in my life has been right on time. Uh, there's been a lot of times that I've prayed and prayed and prayed and, and got nowhere with it. And, and I thought, boy, it's just too late now. It's over. And God come through and fixed something that I'd been praying for and everything just felt, just fall right into place. Because he's right on time. <clears throat> Anybody got anything on this? I don't want to take up the, the whole class. something and I don't even remember what it was now for sure but said something that wasn't didn't line up wasn't right and I didn't have time to set him straight one of the kids did <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, All right. if we if we say something off <laughs> you're any of us we get straightened out 
Mm -hmm. I tell them all the time, uh, I, I just get up there to remind them what they already know. You know most of the people in this class knows more than I do anyway. Yeah. <sighs> For you to say that, yeah, look at me up here. <laughs> I, I've said it before and I'll say it forever probably, but if I get up here and look around, uh, just about everybody in this room helped raise me and taught me everything I know. Not just about church, but about the world and everything else. So for me to get up here and make a pretense of being able to teach anybody in this room anything would just be vanity at its best. But like I was telling Dad this morning out there, I, he asked me, well, you got that lesson all figured out? And I said, well, I said, I figured out one thing. I didn't have as much time to study about it uh, as I normally would. I said, but God already knows everything about it. So if I can just lean on God and let him use me, then we can all learn something together. Uh, but that's as far as I can get with it. If I don't count on God and let him do the teaching, then I've just wasted everybody's time. But uh, it's just like I wrote in my notes here. The reason these people were astonished uh, and amazed by, by what Jesus said is Jesus was teaching with the Spirit. He was teaching about the Spirit. He was teaching by the Spirit. And that, that Spirit will convict the hearts of men and amaze them when it does. Uh, just like I said, when I was 11 years old and the gospel came by and, and showed me that I was a sinner, I was amazed that God knew that. I was just a little boy. I hadn't never done nothing bad, really. But the gospel come by and said, yeah, you have. You, you forgot about God. And I had to get that straightened up, but I was amazed by that. Uh, verse 20, we'll go on here. The people answered and said, thou hast a devil. Who goeth about to kill thee? The people didn't even know the Pharisees was sneaking around and planning to get him. But without even missing a beat, Jesus came right on through and said, Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and ye all marvel. He says, Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. And ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. Uh, he said, it's not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. Circumcision was a, uh, a rule that God gave Abraham way before Moses. Um, Moses passed it on to the modern Jews after they came out of Egypt. Uh, but it was, it was a law that God put in place way before Moses. And... Uh, that kind of gets us into what the rest of this is about. Jesus said in verse 23, If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken, are ye angry at me because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? Uh, they would circumcise. The, the law, if I'm getting this right, the law said that 
on the eighth day after a male child was born, they was to be circumcised. And that was Abraham's law. That came before Moses. And then Moses came and said, no work is to be done on the Sabbath no matter what. But for them to bring a child in on its eighth day, which happened to fall on the Sabbath day, they'd go ahead and do that circumcision because that law preceded Moses' law, so they gave that law more importance. Uh, and Jesus was telling them here, you will do that on the Sabbath day, but for me to raise up a lame man and, and give him his, his whole body healed, you call him that sin. Which one's better? Which one's more important? Uh, it just don't make any sense. They was looking, grabbing at, at every reason they could to find Jesus guilty of something. Because uh, Moses' law said, thou shalt not kill. And for them to be able to crucify Jesus without any guilt from God, so they thought, they had to find a legitimate reason why he deserved to die. And, and, you know, back then under the law, just like the preacher preached last night, they caught that woman in the act of adultery and the, and the penalty was death, immediate stoning. They was perfectly in their right to take her out and kill her uh, by God's law. So these Pharisees were grasping at every possibility they could find to make it under the law acceptable to take Jesus out and crucify him because that's what they wanted to do but they didn't want to be found guilty of breaking the law uh, so when he healed this man on the Sabbath well they thought boy right there we got him but he turned it around on them and said but you'll do this um, and I wrote in my notes here different places that I've read <clears throat> over the years the Pharisees were the rulers of the of the land in the Jewish world now when the Romans came in they they took over for the most part but they still allowed the Pharisees to rule the Jews and the, and the Pharisees ruled the Jews uh, by the law of, of Moses they, they enforced the law, and they made sure everybody followed that law as, as well as they could. The difference was they didn't practice that law except for on face value right in front of everybody. What they did behind closed doors, I believe there's a place in one, uh, one I, may, I think it's Matthew, that Jesus even called them out, saying you'll, you'll do this in front of the people, but what you do... Behind closed doors, you don't follow the law. That you you preach, you don't practice what you preach. Um, and then another place, I know Jesus told him, "You'll you'll wash the outside of the cup and the plate, but the inside's filthy." Um, they didn't do what God wanted them to do, uh, and they certainly didn't do what they did to please God. 
Um, if I, the, uh, the, uh, the notes in this book talk about glorifying God or glorifying yourself or, or man. Uh, if I got up here to try to make myself look good or to try to make myself a name, uh, I'd probably fail worse than I, than I do anyway. Because uh, that's not what this is about. And, and myself personally, I, I have seen, uh, there was a time when me and Cindy used to go to Indianapolis every year for the, for the NASCAR race. And uh, we'd get over there on Sunday morning. Well, we'd get over there on Saturday and watch the practice and all that. And then we'd go back to the hotel. And Sunday morning, we'd get up and they had a big whole street full of vendors and, and stuff that you could go buy shirts and hats and just whatever. And uh, we'd go over there and walk around for a little while before, the, before time to go in and watch the race. And every year, there was a fellow over there with a little, uh, little amplifier and a microphone, and he'd be standing up on a soapbox preaching. Call it preaching. But he'd be up there hollering in that microphone trying to get people's attention to him, to, to, to be part of his church or, or, you know, just to listen to God. And, and I can respect the effort. It would be nice to be able to just go out in public and, and recruit people to work for God. But I've been raised right, and the Spirit has taught me right. And I, walking through there looking, I looked around to see who was praying for him. Because you can't preach the gospel without somebody praying for you. And there wasn't nobody paying no attention. So what he was doing was squawking in a noise box and just aggravating people, really. Um, but the only reason I could see for him doing that was to just to, to put himself up on that on that pedestal. Everybody look at me, uh, and it doesn't do anybody any good. Uh, we've got people. And the devil gets on me with, with this kind of thing sometimes. But we've got people here in this church and in all of our other sister churches all over the place. Uh, we've got preachers that people just lift up and put them on a pedestal and just brag about them all day long. Oh, Any time they get a chance, they want to go see that preacher. They want to go listen to him. Uh, now, we're used to Terry preaching here, so we kind of know he's that good. But other people that don't get to listen to him all the time probably feel that way. They, they catch him down south. There's a bunch of them going to come to a different church and listen to him preach because they don't get to hear him very often. Uh, but if Terry was preaching for Terry, for his popularity, he wouldn't have that. And he wouldn't be able to preach the way he does. There's people that we've got right here, the truth singers. 
there's a lot of people that call them up and say, hey, we'd like for you all to come down to our church and sing. And it's not because of who they are. It's because of the spirit they sing with. If they went about trying to, to go places and sing and make records and make money off of it and build themselves up to be something, they'd be sitting right here with the rest of us and, and not be able to sing. Because that's not what this Bible is all about. That's what this lesson is telling us. This ain't about me. This ain't about you. This ain't about a group of people. This is about God. This is about God and his will. And unless we move in the spirit, we'll never get anywhere with anybody, and especially not with God. Uh, I spent a lot of time running from God. And because of that, I can tell you, the best years of my life were spent living for God. Uh, if I have my way, God's will, the rest of my life will be spent living for God. Uh, and because of that, I can be happy. A long, long time ago, seems like a whole different life. I walked away from God because I wanted to go sing worldly songs and, and go find me a record deal and be famous and sing in big stadiums and, and just fill the house. I wanted people to love me. I, I mean, that's just honest. I, I wanted to be, I wanted to put on a show for the world. And God said, no, you're not going to have that because I told you to sing for me and you walked away. And I got into things I shouldn't have got into and God said, no, you're not going to be rich and famous because look what you would do with all that money. Look what you would do with all that fame. You'd waste it. You'd ruin it and you'd kill yourself because that's not what I made you for. God put us here on this on this earth for a reason and I believe my reason is right here in, in this church uh, if I don't never go to another church and sing or testify or if, if, if nobody from any other church knows my name as long as I'm following God somebody will see it and it will make a difference in their life If it don't make a difference in nobody else's life, it'll make a difference in my kids' and my grandkids' life. <clears throat> but uh, going on with the lesson down here in uh, verse 23, it says, If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken. Are ye angry at me because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. And there's only one way to judge righteous judgment, and that's let God be the judge. If the Spirit says it's good, it's good. If the Spirit says it's wrong, it's wrong. I mean, I don't know how you get any plainer than that. 
Jesus, I, I tell people this all the time. Jesus come into the world and uh, he told them one time, he said, I came not into the world to judge the world. Well, if Jesus didn't come to judge the world, he certainly didn't send me here to judge anybody. Jesus said, there is one that will judge, and that's the Father that is in heaven, not me. He didn't send me here to judge nobody. Uh, I told a person at work one time, we was talking about some things and uh, she was real open about doing some things that, that the Bible clearly says is wrong and uh, we were talking about that a little bit and she was made aware that I was a church going person but I didn't tell her a whole lot about myself and there was a day or two went by and we got back on the subject again and she said, she made the comment that, she said, you know who the worst people in the world are is Baptists. <laughs> I said, well, why would you say that? She said, because they're so judgmental. I said, she said, everything you do, they're going to tell you you're wrong and blah, blah, they, know they judge you about everything. And... Uh, I kind of giggled a little bit, and I said, well, can I tell you something? I said, I'm a Baptist, have been all my life. I said, and I'm not judging you. I can tell you you're wrong without judging you. She said, well, how can you do that? I said, because I can show you in the Bible where God said what you're doing is wrong. I'm not telling you you're wrong from my own perspective. I'm telling you what God said. I said, that's not me judging you. That's me trying to help you get closer to God. And that's what this lesson right here is all about. I'm not, I'm not here to judge the world, but I'm here to tell the world what's right and what's wrong by what this book says. Uh, I can't preach. God ain't never called me to preach and ain't never asked me to preach, and I couldn't do it anyways. But I can do my part to help those I come in contact with. Uh, I've found it, I found it real interesting, especially over the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. I've heard all my life that there's people in your life that nobody else will ever come in contact with, Christian-wise. And there's people in my life that won't ever see another Christian but me. So what example Am I going to set for them to give them an idea of what Christian people are or are about? And if I can talk to people uh, without being judgmental and without being mean and just tell them this is what God's Word says and the only way to get into heaven is to be born again and follow God's word. Uh, that's all I need to do. I don't need to judge them. I don't need to make them mad. You know, a lot of times I think people run people off, run other people off by being mean about stuff. Uh, there's There's been times where 
maybe somebody come into church and sit down in a church service and and uh, I might turn and look and go what's that person doing in here where I if I had my heart right I'd look and say well good there's somebody here because chances are that person thought boy there's a church I need some help maybe I can get some help in there and they come there and people look down their nose at them oh, that person probably shouldn't be in here I, you know I've read stories about stuff like that and it just I'm guilty I'll admit it there's been times in my life I've turned around and looked and seen somebody that maybe wasn't dressed quite right like I thought they ought to be or maybe was a little dirty or you know, scroungy looking or something, and I, I'd, I'd think ah, they shouldn't even be in here looking like that. Or I wonder if they're okay. You know, maybe I ought to be scared of that person a little bit or something. And that's that's not what God wants from us. Uh, God wants us to judge according to His Spirit. And I, I honestly believe that if we, if we judge through and by the Spirit, and we live the way God wants us to and move when he says move and stand still when he says stand still. Uh, we've got nothing to fear from any man because God will move us where he wants us to move and have us stand still where he wants us to stand still, and he will take care of us if we follow after him. Anybody else got anything on that? Lesson. Well, I thank you for your prayers.